This is an RNZ podcast. This week's announcement of guidelines for COVID-19 alert level 3 provoked a flurry of responses in the media, though no decision had actually been made yet about moving from level 4. And while some saw this as a good sign, many with a mouthpiece in the media saw it as proof that we had overreacted here and we should have followed Australia's lead with looser rules instead. Now many of these were the same names and voices we heard last week calling for an opening up of more businesses and that the economic cost of the lockdown was too great set against the limited risk of death to mainly older people, many of whom, the argument went, might have been a bit crook anyway. Auckland University epidemiologist Simon Thornley, who said last week we don't want to squash a flea with a sledgehammer and bring the house down, was back in the news this week as one of the six academics in various fields arguing for a plan B to supersede the effort to stamp out the virus here. And that call was the lead story in Tuesday's Dominion Post, and the campaigners took it up a notch with a new website and by hiring Wellington firm Blackland PR to argue that the lockdown may be more harmful than the problem we're trying to solve. Now after that, more than 60 academics from Auckland University's School of Population Health signed a statement in response backing New Zealand's current elimination strategy. This week, that notion of our lockdown being over the top was strongly endorsed by hosts on talk radio network News Talk ZB, the ones who are encouraged, required even, to opine daily on the latest life and death developments. For example, on Thursday, ZB political editor Barry Soper said there was no need for the government to have strangled the economy the way it has. And Barry Soper said the Australians have shown us how to fight the virus while keeping their economy ticking over. And there was lots more where that came from on ZB. But these restrictions are still keeping too many businesses closed. Right now, what we should be doing is using Australia as a guide, right? They are tracking really closely to us. Similar number of cases per capita, similar number of deaths. Uh, Level 3, 6. In a nutshell, Level 3 is, of course, Australia. Australia is where we should have been all along. Australia are doing better than us. This is where we should have been for a month. And all that one-way traffic on ZB was amplified in the form of opinion pieces posted on the New Zealand Herald's website, where Herald journalists were also interrogating the claims behind that big push for a plan B. Investigative reporter Kirsty Johnston, for example, looked closely at Australia's looser lockdown and got a range of experts to interpret data, most of whom didn't see Australia as the model. And the Herald Science reporter Jamie Morton examined key arguments in the push for plan B one by one. On the spin-off, microbiologist Susie Wiles wrote a rebuttal of the Plan B proponents' claims, and while she was at it, she said those empty hospital beds were empty because the lockdown had kept people out of hospital. Likewise, the absence of mass burials that we've seen in Italy, Spain, the US and elsewhere. Now on Friday, Mike Hosking went on to tell his ZB listeners this. The numbers simply don't lie. In their obsession to eliminate that word again, eliminate the virus, they have failed to accept our lockdown and have simply gone too far. But earlier in the week on Monday, Mike Hosking was having a little trouble with numbers when he told his listeners this about the tactics in another country, Iceland. And what they found is half the population at any given time has the virus but doesn't know it. Half, 50%. Now that's alarming news for an island nation like ours, and yet the hospitals of Reykjavik are not overflowing, so what could we learn from that? So if that's applicable to any other country because no one else tests just random groups of people. You've got to show some sort of symptom or sign. If that's applicable, then we're wasting our time. Then a lockdown has been a complete and utter waste of time. 
but it turns out that half of the Icelanders are not unwitting carriers of COVID-19, while half of those who tested positive for it and other respiratory illnesses were asymptomatic and unaware, they amounted to less than 1% of people in the biggest testing drive, and possibly as few as 0.3%. So in other words, less than one Icelander out of about 200 could be infectious, not one in every two, as Mike Hosking said. Well, the man in charge of the biggest testing company there did tell USA Today it's a bit scary that they might be out there spreading it and not knowing the risk, which you'd think would actually give weight to the case for a tighter lockdown for now. Well, here at Media Watch, we're not experts in analysing the sometimes complicated data about COVID-19, but we found that out by reading the first two stories about Iceland's testing that we could find on Google. So good enough information is out there, something Mike Hosking himself said later on on his own show on Friday. There is a growing body of intelligent, well thought out and clever insight into all of this. There has been no excuse not to learn and not to know more. However, that day it wasn't just Mike Hosking having trouble with the numbers and what they mean. Later that afternoon, PR professional Michelle Bogue surprised listeners of the panel on RNZ National with this. This is COVID-19. Presumably there's been 18 other coronaviruses on the way to get to 19, 